You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Are you a kidding, Tommy? So I then turned it on there, and then you must have turned it on automatically. Have you turned? What's going on, Tom? Are, are you, you and I? Are you hungover today, Jim? <laughs> are, are you? No, I'm sweet. No, okay, I'm a little bit. Anyway, oh. <laughs> a couple of beers last night at the K Ranch. Shout out to Mick and the team down there at the K Ranch. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. The text line. Uh, lots coming in here. But first, thoughts on the forward pass, boys. Where? What do we do? Where do we apportion blame? What what impact did it have on the game? And do we need to go to forward pass technology nod? Well, it definitely was forward. Uh, it, you know, it's just very hard for the referee to try and get in line with that all the time. Do we need to introduce four touch judges effectively so that there's two staying with the defensive team and two stay on the attacking sides type of movement so that in these games, and it probably only mean it would be very hard to do probably in the regular game because regular rounds because you're asking for a lot of people or whether that's the professionalism where you go, I don't know if the, the chip in the ball will work. I'm not, I'm not convinced that you put a, a forward pass chip in the ball and they can pick up the technology and all that type of stuff. So uh, I think that's probably a fair bit of way. But if you put effectively, it's, it's up for the touch judges to try and rule on the forward pass. And if they're in a better position to be in line with where the players more regularly because there's four of them, then it'll solve some of the problems. The pass went forward. And Webster solved it or took it pretty well by the fact of saying we were beaten defensively and we should have fixed our defensive errors and then that, that scenario doesn't happen. But it hurt him a little bit. Here is Andrew Webster post-match re-the forward pass. Mate, so much has happened in our season and I appreciate where you're coming from, but I, I don't want to talk about that right now. I'm just, yeah, we're just talking about New Zealand, the Warriors, how proud we are, how we want to get better. We just... It's the, the technology and everything like that, that can get sorted out at the end of the year. I'm not, I'm not interested in that right now. Thank you. Yep, that's uh, typical Webster there. He's just been like that all year, mate. Um, he's, I've, I've, you know, I'm big on the presses, uh, Jimmy. I yeah, love, love watching the, the losing press conference. <laughs> generally, it's the losing because I, it, sh- it shows a lot about a, a coach when sure. they're going through a tough time and how they react and, you know, whether they get baited by the media and, and take it. And he's refused to take it all year. It was yep. clearly a forward pass, like Noddy said. It's probably the one ruling in the game that still has so much grey area around it and very hard to find an answer to. Yep. Um, the the touchy and the referees, uh, was it Andrew G last night or Jared Sutton? No, Jared, Jared Sutton. Sutton and whoever the touchies were. were. I'll, I'll tell you who they were. They no. were helped by the fashion in which the Brisbane Broncos beat the Warriors. So it wasn't a one-score game. No. You know, it, it was the, the forward pass, um, you know, happened while happened whilst the Warriors was still in range, but in the manner in which the Broncos carried on to continue to win, um, Webster's right. The accountability has to be there on the Warriors to be better. Um, you only really talk about the forward pass in big moments over the last couple of years. I think back to the Parramatta Cowboys game with a crucial one, Mitch Moses last year. Yes. And that meant a lot more. Like that sent the Cowboys home. Um, and that, you know, led to the Parramatta Eels going on to the grand final. So um, in a way, I think the touch is a help, but it is the one ruling in the game right now that we're really struggling to fix. 
Uh, Phil Henderson and Drew Ultram, whoever was wearing yellow boots, was the one who was supposed to be in line with the pass. It's very hard to keep up with Reese Walsh, so right. you, so you're not you're not going to be in line with that. And Jared Sutton, um, I've got I took a photo of the the still. I paused it and had a look, and he may have been obscured by a player, and that's when you're looking to your touch judge. Help me out here, but I would think Adam G's going to referee his first grand final uh, would be the way it go um, because of the distance between the teams on Friday night. I think that. Uh, there was no big decisions to be made as yep. a result of that. He'll referee his first grand final. When you watch it, when you watch back the vision, it's it's easy to tell. Do we think? Do we do? Do we want the the bunker to referee to get to interfere when it's blatant, right? So if it's you know, the, it's just like you know when they go to them and and they're unsure about what's happened and they back the referee's decision. But if it's blatant, they intervene. Do you think there's a premise for for something like that, Noddy, Jim, where it's because everyone could see. When do we stay out though? Yeah, like, look, if, if it's, it's if less it's 50, than a meter 50? forward, do we stay out? Like, what's yeah, the? But that, also the ball, the ball can float forward yeah, as long as it goes bad. backwards out of the hands. Yeah, that's, that's the right. rule of the game. So then you're asking the the camera angle to make sure that the where are the hands facing, where's it go? Because in our yeah. game, it does float forward because we're running and passing the ball, so it goes backwards, but it gets caught in front of where you pass the ball from. That's just the nature of how the ball floats. Yeah. Uh, Peter Volandis has spoken out. We should look at it. Absolutely. Any help we can give the referees, we should have the greatest admiration for the job all of our referees do, but any assistance we can give them to relieve some of the pressure would be common sense. We'll look at during it during the off-season in our general review. So I, I think you guys have summed it up really nicely. Yeah, like, where do we use it? How accurate is it going to be? If the touch judge was there on the spot doing their job. That's their responsibility. Mm. But you understand why they weren't because Reese Walsh is really fast. All these things combined. Now, you wanted to give us some stats on Kevy Walters. Yeah, just when you are talking about him before and you, you brought him up, and as as we are talking about, the fact that they wanted an old boy to come in and coach the Broncos. They were adamant they wanted an old boy to come in and coach the Broncos. They'd gone off in a different direction. The, the old boys were up there. Well, Anthony Seabold kept the old boys at a distance. That's right. And then yeah. they, they, they weren't happy with that. So then they got what they wanted. And Kevy got the wooden spoon the first year. Didn't make the finals the second year. There was room. There was everyone saying he can't coach. He's not a very good coach. He can't coach. Well, he's just proved all that wrong in three years of coaching at the Brisbane Broncos. But He's, he's learned a lot in three years, hasn't he? <laughs> but if you think, I just went through quickly his career. Um, he started, obviously, at the Canberra Raiders. Yes. In the, in the late 80s, early, early 90s, which or late 80s, actually, which is when they were pretty successful. So he went into a pretty good uh, environment in the Canberra Raiders. He played in a reserve grade side down there that he, won the comp. He won the grand final in first grade. Yeah, won the first yep. grade. And then, obviously, 1988, uh, the Brisbane Broncos come in the competition. 1990, he returns them. Yep. He holds a record for the most finals appearances, 12, for the Broncos, and has won six premierships, five at the Broncos yep. and one at the Canberra Raiders. So he's won yeah. it in 80, 89 at the Raiders, 92, 93, 97, 98, 2000. Yeah. So as a player, he's a winner mm, in yes. those big games, knows those in right, and, and knows the power of what can happen in Brisbane being a successful club. And then obviously goes off and goes to the Cattle and Dragons and then goes off and learns some coaching with Craig Bellamy. Yep. Um, and then eventually goes home and, and, and pursues this opportunity to become the head coach of the Brisbane Broncos. And 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 now they would love him up there. But I think, listen to him say, oh, look, you know, from where we've been, I really appreciate this and we've got to enjoy this. He, he went to six grand finals. Yeah. I remember speaking about when the Melbourne Storm was set up, I always, now you get a bit older, you think, 
we were always set up successful from the start. John Rebo was the guy who who was the owner of the club, who was a part of the Brisbane Broncos. Yep. Chris Johns was our CEO at Melbourne Storm, who was also a part of the Brisbane yep. Broncos franchise as a player and then turned into his administrator. And the first and Glenn Lazarus is our captain, who'd right. won two who'd mm. won grand finals at two clubs. Yeah. As our captain and as our front rower. So I always thought and Chris Anderson, who'd come from both North and Southern Hemisphere premierships. So the interesting part about that, I'm reading that part of the book of uh, The Wolf You Feed, Andrew Webster's biography of Wayne Bennett, and they talk about the sacking of Wally Lewis at the Broncos. Yeah. At one point, Wally was playing 13, and the halfback was Alan Langer, and the 5'8 was Kevin Walters, <laughs> and the hooker was Kerrod Walters. So he moved Wally Lewis out of that to put Kevin Walters yeah. in that 5'8 position, and two years later got the payback um, that they... They win their very first competition. one 1170 I know. We're going to get to the text messages. Apologies about that. We will get to them. There's heaps there. 0457 736 736. Look at that. 40th anniversary of the Australia 2 victory in the 1983 America's Cup. So there you go. I know exactly where I was. I was going to school in year six at Wallenbean Public School. Uh, much excitement amongst the students uh, in that one. All right, let's get to a break and then we're back with more.